It was Wednesday, April 22nd, just a little over two weeks ago now, that my brother and I found out my mom was dying. My mom was 92, uh, to be 93 in September. So the fact that she was at the end of her life really wasn't a surprise. But that her life was ending totally caught us by surprise. She was a woman who had rallied over and over and over again after kind of near-death brushes in her life. But this day was different. My brother and I got her settled into her new hospital bed. And this was like any other hospital bed she'd ever been in. Unknown to her, it was a hospital bed at UK Hospice Center. And it was time to tell her. My brother Gordon and I stood beside her bed together. We reached down close, and then my brother said these words. Mom, the end is near. Dialysis doesn't work anymore for you. As a matter of fact, it's more of a risk for your heart than a help. And that means, Mom, the end is really near. I'm not sure for you what emotions come with Mother's Day, but for me, this is a special one. Maybe for you, you are here on Mother's Day and you come with the ache of infertility, actually an ache that I personally know myself. Or maybe you have the ache of an unmet desire for marriage and for a family. And you're surely here out of obedience to God. Maybe for you, you're a grandma and you're here on Mother's Day. Because of the turn in your life, you carry that weighted joy of remothering, mothering again. For moms here today who have lost children and for children who have lost moms, We are walking through the valley of the shadow. There is a special grieving process, but we are here because we know the promise of God is true, that if we keep on walking, we will eventually hit still waters and green pastures. Or maybe for some of you, you're just here out of sheer joy because it is your very first Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you, and happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Like, I'm just saying, wherever you are, whatever room you're in, let's just give it up for the moms. Well, the next days, the next three days on UK Hospice Wing would be marked with our visits to my mom. Each one of the grandchildren and two very special requests of guests to come and visit her from my mother herself. One of those special guests was a mother and daughter team, Karen and Colleen, dear friends who prayed for her and have always prayed for me. And the second request was for Danny. I was like, Danny? Yes, my mom said, my hairdresser. Every woman gets it. But two people at a time, 
because of the COVID-19 restrictions, would come in. And each grandchild came in getting their last moments with their grandma, their last hug, and their last touch from her. On Friday, mom said her last words, just four words. She woke up briefly to make sure one of her honorary grandkids, she had lots of those, saw her as well as her second-born son. She opened her eyes and looked around the room. She looked at them, and then she looked around the room again, and she said these four words. Well, isn't this nice? Well, isn't this nice? My mom, laying in a hospice bed, looks around the room, and I think, how can you say that? Isn't this nice? But I stop and think today, not how can you say that, but a deeper question. How can you be that? How can you be the kind of person that has the capacity, ability, and integrity at the end of our life to look around and say, well, isn't this nice? And that's what I want to talk about today. On this Mother's Day, I want to give us four lessons that I've learned from my mom and her life that I believe are a roadmap to becoming, well, isn't this nice kind of people. The kind of people that reflect the heart of God to a world in such need, especially in this season. To kids and families in such need, especially in this season, to experience not just the word of God, but the touch of God. So here are four lessons. The first lesson is this. A kind word and a smile go a long way. Now, it certainly would not be Mother's Day if I didn't read a verse or touch something from Proverbs 31. So here you go. Proverbs 31. It says this. When she speaks... Her words are wise, and she gives instruction with kindness. I was thinking about all the moms out here and, and this whole thought about giving instruction. But the proverb says with kindness, because moms, isn't it true? Don't we feel like, like, like that's our full-time job, is giving everyone, all these kids, instructions on how to do their life. But we give them, Scripture says, if we give them effectively, with kindness, and certainly with that, a smile. Moms, do you know the power of your smile? Whether your kids are young or old, do you know how they long to see you smile and what that smile represents and does for them? And it doesn't just do something for them. Do you know if you add a smile what it does for you? Interestingly enough, in Psychology Today, I was reading about the power of a smile and what a smile does for us physiologically. 
And when a smile flashes across your face, actually dopamine, endorphins, and serotonin are all released into your bloodstream. And what happens then is your body begins to relax, your heart rate lowers, and your blood pressure goes down. What a great word. That if as we parent, we speak our words of instruction with kindness and even a smile, what a difference that would make. Listen to what the Bible says about a smile and a kind word. Proverbs 15:30 says, "A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health." My mom did this so well. I think a cheerful look that brought joy to her heart and others is probably why she had such good health. She lived so long. Just this week, uh, the four kids got around my kitchen table with a stack of cards that came from my mother's room over the last three months. And we went through card by card, and we could not believe that Really, to a T, each one of them commented something like this to my mom, mom, to my mom. Thanks so much for your kind word and your smile. It has made my day. It's made my life better. The second lesson I've learned from my mom is this. Hardship will be a part of the journey. Focus on what you have, not on what you don't. Three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, my mom would suit up for hardship. Because three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, for the last 10 years, my mom would hook herself up to a life-saving support system, dialysis, and there she would go through a process that would literally deplete her it would exhaust her of all energy until the next morning. If you know anyone who has been on dialysis, you know it takes such courage to say yes to this kind of life. But do you know how my mom made it? I thought about it. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, my mother would get hooked up this, to this machine, but it wasn't her focus. Not Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. My mom's focus was Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. I got a great text Wednesday after my mom had passed from my brother Gordon. He sent it to all the kids, and it said this. Wednesday morning, mom doesn't have to cut her sandwich in half, pack up her walker, or endure dialysis. This Wednesday morning, she bounces around on fresh legs in the presence of her Savior and the love of her life, George Denmark. How good is our God? How wonderful is the family and community that celebrated yesterday? Hey, moms, what's hard for you right now? Maybe for you, the hardship is finances. As a single mom, especially in this season, you've lost your job. How do you make it? Not just Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but seven days a week. Maybe for you, the hardship is the lack of support of a spouse. Maybe for you, the hardship 
is a child with special needs or a child that is failing to thrive or a child that has lost his or her way or a child that is emotionally struggling and suffering. Friends listening in today, what's it for you? What's the thing that's hard, not just three days a week, but every day of the week? Listen to what the word of God says to us today. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. You know, we all have training fields called hardships in life. A place, a circumstance, a relationship that doesn't change. It becomes a place where we learn to either embrace God or sometimes turn away from him. Would you today embrace him? Because in that embracing, he has for you a crown of life. Hardship will be a part of the journey. Focus on what you have, not on what you don't. The third lesson I learned from my mom is this. Find things to look forward to and work towards them. Find things to look forward to and work towards them. Now listen, moms, we get this. Some of you are pregnant right now and you are looking forward to giving birth. Some of you have given birth and you're looking forward to the day your kid can walk, the day your kid can go to school, the day your kid can graduate from school, the day your kid can get out of your house. We are prone to look forward, are we not? No matter what stage of mothering in your end, whether it's looking forward to no diapers or the days that your kids can swim on their own so you can sit by the pool, or maybe it's the day they can dress themselves or learn to read, to drive, to live independently. We look forward to those things. And somehow, I think they give us this ability to push through the hard, to keep teaching, to keep training. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 29. It says, where there is no vision the people perish. And I was thinking about this thought of no vision. If vision and parenting and being a mom is that picture of the future that then produces joy in us, even courage in us and strength in us. Where there's nothing to look forward to, sometimes there's nothing to hang on to and it's hard to keep going. Dr. Marcus Warner talks about the importance of how even in our brains, we work with our own kids and ourselves to have things to look forward to, even in the midst of hard times. And lots of us are in hard times now. But what it does to your brain to anticipate, to have a vision for things that bring you joy, what you will find is the courage and the strength to hang on. My mom looked forward to being a grandma, but being a great grandma, now that was something my mom looked forward to. One of the best memories I have of her is sitting with my daughter. When Laura got at Christmas time, what better time to surprise, to give my mom the gift she was waiting for. And as my mom opened this gift and saw this picture with a little teeny baby inside Laura's womb and those words above the picture that said, great grandma. I saw in my mother this principle of hanging on 
for the things that bring you joy so that you can fight through the things that are challenging. Second Chronicles 15 gives us this promise. But as for you, and maybe this is a word for you today, but as for you, be strong and courageous for your work will be rewarded. The final lesson is this. Do whatever it takes to settle any fear or question you have about eternity and your relationship with God. It's a big lesson to do whatever it takes to settle any fear or question that you might have about your eternity or relationship with God. But I learned the importance in watching my mother. My mom grew up in the church. She was at church every week. And she had a desire for the things of God. But it was very interesting as I watched my mom struggle with a sense of security about her eternity and freedom in her relationship with God. We frequently had these conversations, especially in the days where she found herself sick or ill. Instead of those days being marked with a sense of security or peace, there was question and fear. About five years ago, at the ripe age of 87, my mom and I were sitting on her sofa. I can remember it like it was yesterday. And she brought up the conversation again about her eternity. And would she make it to heaven? And in that moment, I felt the presence of God with me. I looked at my mom. I said, Mom, what if just for a moment, I stop being your daughter and you let me be your pastor? And there on my mom's sofa, I explained to her that our relationship with God and the security of our eternity is not based on what we do for him or how we do it. It's what Jesus did for us. And I'm sure she had heard that message before, but it started to click. And I started to see in her eyes this deeper sense of curiosity. I said, you know, mom, God really wants you to know the answer to this. You don't have to question whether or not you're secure in your eternity and your relationship with Christ. I said, you can ask him right now because here's the deal, mom. He's either, and then the Lord gave me this line. Mom, he's either on the outside knocking or he's on the inside talking. Because you see in Revelation chapter three, it says this, behold, I'm standing at the door knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come into you and feast with you and you will feast with me. So mom, let's just ask him. And together on that sofa, we bowed our heads and she asked, Jesus, are you on the outside knocking or the inside talking? 
And I remember she looked up and she said, he's on the outside knocking. I said, well then mom, you can open the door of your heart and invite him in, and she did. Later that morning, we were driving to pick up her dog from the groomer, sitting in the passenger seat next to me, out of nowhere, my mother sings, into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. She looked at me and said, Helen, he's in my heart. The gift of doing the work, whatever it takes, to settle any fear or question you have about eternity in your relationship with God will lead you to a, well, isn't this nice reality? Not just in life, but also in death. Well, isn't this nice? Her last words on Friday but once I will remember. And I hope today, moms and friends, that you will remember as well and the lessons that go with them. My mom breathed her last breath the next day. Just hours before, I got the gift of laying close to her and I sang worship songs over her and gently spoke into her ears the words of one of the songs that we've been singing as a church called The Blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And then I walked out and said goodbye to my mom for now. Several months ago, I was asked by my mom if I would do her funeral. She died only three days after we stood by her bed and told her that the end was near but she died not because she didn't fight, but because the fight was finished. And of course, because of the coronavirus, what she'd asked me to do her funeral, I couldn't. There were no funerals. There are no funerals. But you know what? I would have it no other way than the way it is because alone in the funeral home that Tuesday morning, just our family and her grandkids would gather around her and we would say goodbye. My brother Gordon stood before us and had each one of us pass from person to person my father's naval aviator wings that he'd been holding on to. And he gave us the challenge to go out and live, well, isn't this nice kind of lives?
And then he pinned those wings on my mom with honor. And we walked out. I asked Brian if I could preach on Mother's Day. I have never wanted to preach on Mother's Day. It's a little intimidating to me for some reason. But not today. Today, I have just four words. Well, isn't this nice? Would you pray with me, please? God, I thank you for your kindness and your grace towards us. I thank you that through Jesus, we can be secure, we can be filled with life, even when we pass in death. I thank you for the moms today who serve so much like you served us, Jesus, sacrificially. Would you bless them? Would you empower them? No matter what age or how many kids, would you equip them in the calling? And would you give them the blessing of peace to their children and their children's children? And would we all, God, learn from these lessons so that we too can live? Well, isn't this nice? kind of lives. In your name I pray and for your glory. Amen.